Now, I'm going to begin by narrating a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, in which the Prophet ﷺ identifies or explicates for us five of the special mercies or five of the special merits of Ramadan. Five of the special merits of Ramadan. And it's narrated by Abu Hurairah And he says that the Prophet ﷺ said that my ummah was given five things for Ramadan that was not given to anyone except us. Except them, meaning us. The ummah of the Prophet ﷺ was given five special things of in Ramadan or for Ramadan that were not given to any other community before. Now think, how many communities of people have come before us? Right? Millions of years. How many people have come before us? How many people that were righteous, that believed in Allah, that followed the prophets had come before us? And imagine how special those people must have been. And yet reserved for the community of the Prophet ﷺ, which is only a few hundred, you know, maybe a, a little over a thousand years old, are a few special merits of Ramadan that after hearing about these things, you and I should be excited. You and I should be excited, and you and I should be looking forward to what's actually coming our way, inshallah. So the Prophet ﷺ says about, about, this, about our community and the benefits and the merits of Ramadan. Number one, the Prophet ﷺ says that the smell of a fasting person is more or is sweeter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the fragrance of musk. The breath of a fasting person is more fragrant or it's sweeter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the smell of musk. Now musk is a type of fragrance. It's very, uh, it's very fragrant and it has a beautiful smell. And you know, if anyone's ever fasted or interacted with people that fast, the breath of the fasting person, at least physically or at least apparently, it's, it's unpleasant. And that's when we're at our best. But to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the breath of a fasting person is very special. And the ulama have a discussion about what they're referring to when they're referring to comparing it to the smell of musk. And some ulama say that this fragrance will be like on the Day of Judgment, when we are all in disarray and confused and concerned about what our final destination will be, on that special day, when there is, you know, which may or may not be bleak for us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with the breath of us on that day because it smells better than the fragrance of musk. Other ulama say that this is just a way for Allah, another way for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attention to draw upon the fasting person. The fasting person's breath, which in this world, like I said, apparently doesn't smell, doesn't smell well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because, he's so, um, because, because he understands the difficulties that we endure with fasting, and the sacrifices that the believer has to make, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he's so, uh, the Prophet says that Allah ta'ala is so pleased with the breath of the fasting person, that to him it is more fragrant than the fragrance of musk. That's the first benefit. The second benefit the Prophet ﷺ mentions about the person who fasts during the month of Ramadan is that the, on behalf of the fasting person, the fish in the sea seek forgiveness for them until they break their fast. This is amazing. The fish in the sea seek the forgiveness of the fasting person until the fasting person breaks his or her fast. Now think about this. How many of us think about the fish in the sea? 
How many of us have asked or requested from the fish in the sea to make dua for us? None of us have done that. And then in addition to that, think about how abundant the fish in the sea are. And in fact, we didn't even know about the realities of fish in the sea until the last century. We didn't even know about the realities of this. I mean, now we know that when that now we know that although there are depths of the ocean in which we cannot even see and the sun and the rays of the sun don't even reach, but they are the most beautiful upon beautiful of, of creatures down in the bottom of the sea. Right? In the most distant of places that are miles you know, underneath surface level, there are the most beautiful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation that you and I have never met before, that much of creation has never even known ever existed. And yet this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making dua and asking and seeking, Allah, seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgiveness for you and I. Seeking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgiveness for you and I. Amazing. Amazing. That even the fish in the sea that we've never interacted with, that we have no regard or no concern for, are seeking, are doing istighfar, are seeking for the forgiveness of you and I. So number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attention falls upon the fasting person through the breadth of the fasting person. Number two, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we otherwise wouldn't even think about, that exists in different parts of the earth, are making dua for the individual that is fasting, recognizing that what that individual is doing is drawing the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, drawing the attention of Allah, drawing the mercy of Allah, drawing the forgiveness of Allah, and drawing the, uh, the, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala onto the universe and onto the earth. In realizing, in realizing this, the fish are so thankful to us that they seek forgiveness on our behalf. The third that comes in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, that every single day, وَيُزَيِّنُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ جَنَّتَهُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day of Ramadan Every single day of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beautifies Jannah. Allah ta'ala every day beautifies Jannah for the fasting person. This is incredible. This is incredible. Now think, every day Jannah is being prepared. Jannah, paradise is being prepared. It's being decorated. It's being beautified for whom? For you and I. Now think, in this world, if we were to imagine the world's uh, greatest building, right? And we were to think about how beautiful that building is, how beautiful that structure is, how much effort and time must have gone into it, how the windows look, how tall it must be, how the lighting is outside and on the inside, you know, what kind of flooring they used, you know, how uh, there's granite, you know, uh, countertops throughout. You know, these are all things that would impress us, right? Or think about the greatest architects in the world. Right, if you wanted to have a really nice building built, then you would seek out the best architect on the world. Now imagine the master of every single building in this world, and the one who indeed actually created every single architect in this world is designing Jannah for you and I every single day. Every single day. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing in this world that compares to the beauty of Jannah. There's nothing. You can go to the you know, depths of the ocean. You can go into the, the mountains, you know, the rocky mountains. There's nothing that compares 
to the beauty of Jannah when it comes to this world. Nothing, no structure compares to it, nothing natural compares to it. Even one glimpse into a portion of Jannah is more beautiful than, ever, than anything this universe even contains. And yet, although it's as great as it is, despite that fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because He's uh, so uh, pleased with the, with, the, with the fasting person, has chosen to every day beautify Jannah even more for the person that's fasting. Kulla yawmin. How often is this happening? Every single day. Every day is being beautified. Now think, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect. And you can only imagine how perfect His creation of Jannah must be. You'd think, if something's already perfect, how would you be able to beautify it even more? Is it even possible that it can be beautified upon, uh, beyond beauty? Right? What, what, uh, what attention of Allah must go into beautifying Jannah every single day? That when it's designed, it's built to perfection. And then the next day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to, decides to beautify it even more. And then the next day, although it's already reached perfection, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to beautify it and to design it even more so that it welcomes us when our time has come to leave, to leave this world. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And his love for the individual that's fasting. His love for the individual that's fasting. Now look what's occurring. The, the fasting person is so beloved to everything. Number one, the attention of... And this is something that you and I desire. We desire, we desire attention. Right? We desire attention from people. We desire attention from our friends, from our family from people, you know, from acquaintances online. This is, this is a part of human nature, is that we desire attention. Now look at the attention that the fasting person during the month of Ramadan is attracting. Number one, the fasting person is attracting the attention of the fish in the sea that we don't even see. So the fish, meaning, which represent the universe. And who knows what else of Allah Ta'ala's creation is actually seeking istighfar for those of us that are fasting. So number one, the attention of the universe is on the fasting person. Number two, the attention of Jannah, paradise, is on the fasting person, which you and I hope is going to be our final abode. And number three, the attention of the creator of the universe through our, through the, through our breath and through our fasting is upon, the, is upon the person that's fasting. We've drawn the attention of the universe, we've drawn the attention of, uh, of, of, of the heavens, meaning Jannah, and we've drawn the attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With regards to Jannah, it comes in another hadith. The Prophet said, That in Jannah, there's a special door, it's called Bab Ar-Rayyan. The door called, is called Ar-Rayyan. It's a special door that's designed in Jannah simply for the fasting person. And the Prophet ﷺ says that that door, it'll be said, يُقَالُ أَيْنَ الصَّائِمُونَ فَيَقُومُونَ لَا يَدْخُلُ مِنْهُ أَحَدٌ غَيْرُهُمْ That it'll be called on, that, on the day when everyone is frantic and concerned about when they'll be able to finally move on to their final destination or their final abode in hopes that maybe it'll be Jannah, perhaps it'll be Jahannam. And, they're, and we're all waiting there on that difficult day. And then a door called Ar-Rayyan is, is present. And everyone begins to look at it. And, and, and people are called, or the people that are fasting are called, Aina Sa'imun, where are the people that are fasting? And then the door of Ar-Rayyan opens, and all of the anxiety that's been built up in all of humanity is waiting there. 
The anxiety of the people that have been fasting is relieved because those people then are able to enter Jannah to Babur Rayyan. So the attention of everything, the entire universe and all of the heavens falls upon the fasting person. Like you and I don't perceive this because we're used to seeing the attention of things of this world, right? Natural or things of this world. We're used to seeing if the attention of people is upon me. We're used to seeing if the attention of our friends is upon me. Is the attention of my teacher upon me? Is the attention of my children upon me? That's what we're used to seeing. Or if someone, for instance, famous is on TV and everyone's watching television, and we think that that person is very famous. Why? Because everyone's attention is on that person. But in reality, in comparison to the fasting person, the attention that's falling upon the most famous person on the planet, who's receiving attention from human beings in this world, it's nothing compared to the attention that is being received by each and every single one of us that's fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the attention of the entire universe is upon us. The fish in the sea's attention is upon us. The attention of Jannah is upon us, where a special garden or a special door is built for us. And... Every day it's beautified for us. And then of course the attention of the master of the universe who created every single one of us, who created everything in this universe, who created Jannah, Jahannam, the fish in the sea, who's created you know, the mountains, the skies, everything. The attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also is upon the fasting person. So with all of this attention being upon us, you can only imagine what the potential is for the believer during the month of Ramadan. You can only imagine what the, what the potential is for the believer during the month of Ramadan. The potential for change, to effectuate change in our lives so that we can finally become true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The potential for receiving reward. Because on the day of judgment, it'll be our deeds and the reward that we receive from those deeds that'll be of benefit from us. And the potential for us to be forgiven in this month. You can imagine, with this sort of attention falling upon us, imagine the potential that every single person has. And this potential isn't present at any other point of time in the year. It's just in these days. Now when the stakes are so high, when there's that much possibility, when there's that much potential in, in, uh, in us to become successful, our enemy... Shaitan would attack us even more. Right? They say that the shaitan of someone who's pious is, is that degree of shaitan. Meaning shaitan based upon the potential of an individual or based upon an individual who they are or based upon the opportunity for reward, shaitan is that much more fierce. Shaitan knows that if a believer takes advantage of Ramadan through the attention of Allah, through the forgiveness of the fish, through, all, through the attention of Jannah, shaitan knows full well that if this believer takes advantage of all of these opportunities and the mercy of Allah that's showering upon the heavens, uh, showering upon the earth, then I'm going to be at a complete loss. Because Shaitan's goal is to derail everyone from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and earning success. So when the stakes are so high, Shaitan becomes even more aggressive. Shaitan thinks that, okay, well, I can't handle it myself, I'm going to send my henchmen. So then you begin to double team and triple team. The way that, you know, if you have a, a really good athlete on the court, everyone knows that this person is the best person on the court, then you're now going to double team that person. You're going to triple team that person. You're going to keep an extra eye out on that person knowing that this person is going to take advantage. So you attack even more. When the stakes are so high in the deen, this is how shaitan thinks as well. The Prophet ﷺ goes on to say in this hadith, that in addition to all of these things that we've mentioned, three so far, the three merits so far that we've mentioned, 
The evil-minded shaitan is chained during this month. The evil-minded shaitan is chained during this month. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, إِذَا دَخَلَ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ فُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَغُلِقَتْ, أبوا... وغلقت أَبْوَابُ جَهَنَّمِ وَسُلْسِلَتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ That the shayateen are chained. Subhanallah. When that one thing that would otherwise derail us from being able to benefit from the month of Ramadan, which is shaitan, is now chained up so that even that is unable to prevent us from achieving success, then what's left? What's left? That one hindrance, right? You already have Allah Ta'ala's attention and the mercy of Allah. You have the creation of Allah seeking forgiveness. You, you have Jannah being prepared and waiting for us to come, you know, pass through this world and eventually wanting to welcome us into it as a final abode. When all of this possibility is there, all of this potential for reward and spiritual progress is there, the one enemy that we would otherwise have is, out of Allah Ta'ala's mercy, also chained. Also chained. Even the shayateen are chained during the month of Ramadan. Which is why when the Prophet ﷺ was once ascending the mimbar, and he said, Amin three times with each step he had taken on the mimbar. Meaning, you know, the mimbar is right here, right? The steps here. Each step, he said, Amin, Amin, Amin. And so the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ who were sitting, who were with the Prophet ﷺ, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, what are you saying Amin to? So the Prophet ﷺ said, the angel Jibreel ﷺ, the angel Jibreel had come. And he narrated, and he mentioned three du'as. And one of the du'as that the Prophet, that the angel Jibreel said, was that curse be the individual who goes through the month of Ramadan and, and is unable to achieve forgiveness. Unable to be, uh, unable to achieve forgiveness. Why? Because it's so easy to succeed during this month and to finally become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to finally become ready to you know, move on uh, from this world into the hereafter as someone whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. That if we are unable to do it in this month, even when shaitan is chained up, then we are fools. Then we are fools. Allah ta'ala's mercy is so rampant. He is excited, looking forward to forgiving every single person and creating the circumstances and the opportunity for that to occur by allowing the, by, by making the fish in the sea think about us, by having Jannah think about us, and of course he him, himself, his attention being upon us, you can only imagine that we would we would we are fools if we aren't able to take advantage of this and be people that are completely forgiven. We are fools if we aren't able to be people that are completely forgiven. And the Prophet ﷺ says, next to this hadith, وَيُغْفَرُ لَهُمْ آخِرِ لَيْلِهِ It's all summarized here. It's all summarized here. In one line, the Prophet ﷺ saying, that the opportunity is such that Every believer that enters into the month of Ramadan is given the chance to start their life over again. Everyone that enters into the month of Ramadan is given the opportunity to start their life over again. The Prophet ﷺ says, that, And they are forgiven on the final night. They are forgiven on the final night. 
The Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when they heard this, they interrupted the Prophet Up until this point, they were listening to everything the Prophet was saying. He was saying that the breath of the fasting person is more fragrant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the smell of musk. They're listening attentively. And then the Prophet says, uh, the Prophet says that the fish in the sea are making dua and istighfar for the fasting person. And they're listening, attenti- listening attentively, the, Prophet, uh, the Sahaba are. And then the Prophet says that the, uh, every single day Jannah is beautified every single day for the fasting person. And the Sahaba, they're listening attentively. And then the Prophet says that the shayateen are going to be chained that one form of resistance against you from actually benefiting from all of these things in the day in the in Ramadan. Even the shayateen are locked up. The Prophet are listening attentively. And then the Prophet says at the end, and they are forgiven on the last day. And then the Sahaba, you know, their ears perk up. And then they ask the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, is this Sayyidatul Qadr? In the special night in which the believers are forgiven, is this the is this Laylatul Qadr? Is this the uh, the night of power that we've heard so much about? Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. Laylatul Qadr khayrun min alfi shahr. That is better than a thousand months. Is this the night that you're referring to? So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, that, No, this is not the night that I'm referring to. The Prophet sallallahu says that, and then he says it so beautifully. He says that it is only right that a servant should be given his reward on having completed his service. On the final night of Ramadan, when the believer has put in effort through fasting, through striving, through praying, through you know refraining from sin, when the believer has put in all of this effort, it's only, they are only deserving at that point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, that the servant is given their reward, or that the worker is given their reward. The example... <clears throat> and perhaps this is one way to understand it of, of the possibility in, in, in Ramadan is that let's say that a son comes to the home of his mother a son who has left you know, the house of his parents for many years dejected you know, without, any, without any money without anything to his name comes several months later or several years later and comes to the house of his mother, someone that, you know, that loves him, his mom or his dad or whomever it might be. And that son knocks on the door of the mother and the mother opens up the door and he says to his mother that, Mom, I haven't eaten in days. I don't have a penny to my name. I have nothing of my own. I'm lost. I have no friends, I have no one that cares about me, I have no one that thinks about me, no one that has any regard for me. And I'm in need of help. And if it's okay with you, for the next 28, 29, or 30 days, I'd like to paint your house. Every single wall, every single thing for the next 30 days, I'd like to paint your house. Or I'd like to do you know, some, something else, some gardening. For the next 30 days, I'll work every single day. And at the end, all I request from you is that you give me a dime in return. Is that you give me a dime in return. What's the mother going to say? Of course she's going to say yes. I mean, even anybody would say yes. Even if it wasn't that sort of a relationship between a mother and a son. Even if it was a relationship between two strangers almost, right? Even if it's a relationship between two friends or between, you know, a, an uncle and a, and a nephew. 
regardless of the relationship, when someone is willing to put in that sort of effort and in return is only asking for that much and you can see how needy and how desperate and how they're begging you because of their circumstances, you can only imagine that the mother in that circumstance is going to say, of course, don't even think about it. Of course, I wouldn't even think twice about this. Realize that it is more difficult for that to occur than for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive every single one of us and grant us Jannah because of our efforts during the month of Ramadan. Meaning it is far easier for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept every single believer, accept you and I, and forgive every single one of us for every single thing that we've done and to accept us into His most beautiful gardens that are worth beyond millions and billions. It is easier for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us that than for a mother to have to, to, to give a dime to her son who worked on her home for 30 days in a row. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasure is so vast. And it's unlimited. His ability to give is unlimited. His unlim- ability to forgive is unlimited. Whereas if a mother has to give a nickel or has to give a dime to her son, then it'll decrease her wealth in at least to some degree. Even if she has a million dollars and she gives away a dime, she has 10 cents less than a million dollars. But yet for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive every single one of us and accept us into His gardens and grant us all Jannah, it doesn't decrease His treasure in any way, not even an iota. Which is why it is easier for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive every single person, especially the person that's fasting and seeking Allah Ta'ala's reward on that last night, it is easier for that to occur than for anyone else to give you anything in this world. And on that last day, when we've completed our work, where we've made that offer of our 30 fasts, or our 29 fasts, and we've, we've tried to pray as much as we could, and we tried to recite Qur'an as much as we could, we tried to come to the masjid as much as we could, it's only, it could only be expected of us that on that last day, inshallah, we will all be forgiven and we will all be, inshallah, future inhabitants of Jannah. This is the reality of the month of Ramadan. This is the potential in the month of Ramadan. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the month of Ramadan. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the month of Ramadan.